Section 11 of A Day at a Time by Archibald Alexander. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Section 11. Culpable Goodness. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. Romans chapter 14, verse 16. In his letter to the Christians at Rome, the Apostle Paul counsels them not to let their good be evil spoken of. And at first we ask ourselves if this is a possible thing. Can you have good that is evil spoken of? Since this is a matter that ought to concern us all, I want to suggest one or two ways in which this very result may be brought about, that those of us who are trying to follow an ideal of goodness may be on our guard. First, we can very readily have what is good in us evil spoken of because of our censoriousness. When men come upon some fruit that grows upon a goodly-looking tree, or one at least that has a trustworthy label attached to it, and find it sour or bitter to the taste, they are apt to be particularly resentful. And it is with precisely such indignation that they observe men and women who profess themselves followers of Christ, exhibiting a censorious and critical spirit. Where ought you to find the broadest charity, the kindliest judgment, the most Christ-like forbearance and restraint, among Christians, of course. And yet, alas, alas, just keep your ears open with this end in view for a week, and you will be surprised at the appallingly hard judgments that come tripping daintily from the lips of some of those you know best. And if that line of investigation be not very handy, just watch yourself for the same time, and you will learn what a rare thing Christian charity is. We talk a lot about it, but in real life we forbid men very readily because they follow not us. We belittle things which we do not understand. We speak rashly about people whom we do not know, and we are ready, without the least consideration, with our label for the movement or the man who happens to be brought to our notice. Ah, if we could only see how far astray we often are, what libel our label is, and how unchristlike many of our speeches appear. We don't know enough of the inner life of any man to entitle us to pass judgment on him. A critical spirit never commends its possessor to the affection or the goodwill of men. Besides, it blinds him to much that is really beautiful, and cuts him off from many sources of happiness. You will see evil in almost anything if you look for it. But that is not a gift that makes either for helpfulness or popular esteem. I do not call that by the name of religion, says Robert Louis Stevenson, which fills a man with bile. And, on the whole, the ordinary man is of the same mind with him. Judge not the workings of his brain and of his heart thou canst not see. What looks to thy dim eyes a strain in God's pure light may only be a scar brought from some well-won field where thou wouldst only faint and yield. Sometimes one must, in the interests of true religion, pass judgment, but these times are not so frequent as we suppose. And if there are occasions more than others when the disciple needs an overflowing measure of Christ's spirit, it is when he has a clear duty to diagnose, disapprove, and condemn. Secondly, we may have our good evil spoken of by our extremeness. 
I should be very chary of saying that there is such a thing as being righteous over much, but for two reasons. The first is that there is an injunction in Scripture against it, and the second is that I have met people of whom, in all charity, it was true. The modern name for being righteous over much is being a crank. Now, nobody loves a crank. The extremist always does his own cause harm. Carefulness about one's food is a good thing, but to take an analytical chemist's outfit to table with us is simply to ask for the contempt of all sensible people. Paul's advice to the Philippians was, let your moderation be known to all men. And Paul was himself a splendid example of the true moderation as distinguished from that which is merely indolent and uninterested. Earnest, enthusiastic, loyal. There was something about him, a big and healthy sanity, a sweet reasonableness, and what the extremist always lacks, an engaging tact. In other words, Paul was a Christian gentleman, and if you want to know what that means, read his letter to Philemon about Onesimus, the runaway slave. There are blunt words with which a man can be felled as effectually as with the grievous crab-tree cudgel of which Bunyan speaks. Paul did not consider it any special virtue to employ such words. His Christian zeal did not lead him to make a statement in a way that would irritate and rasp a man's soul. There is a certain extreme candor affected by some Christian people who pride themselves on always calling a spade a spade. But if it hurts my friend to hear me say spade, I know of no law of God that compels me to name the implement at all. And then, lastly, we have our goodness evil spoken of because it is so cold. It sometimes seems as if, in our day, warmth of manner had gone out of fashion. Ian McLaren once said of our generation that it will smile feebly when wished a happy new year, as if apologizing for a lapse into barbarism. But I don't think any sensible person, not blinded by an absurd convention, cares for that type of rarefied demeanor. No one likes to get a handshake which feels like a dead fish. In one of his books, Dr. Dale of Birmingham criticized that line in Kebbell's hymn which speaks about the trivial round and the common task giving us room to deny ourselves. No doubt, he says, but I should be very sorry for the people I live with to discharge their home duties in the spirit of martyrs. God preserve us all from wives, husbands, children, brothers and sisters, who go about the house with an air of celestial resignation. Oh, no, that's not the goodness, either at home nor on the street, which wins men. It is not beautiful because it is too cold. The religion of Jesus is something much more than duty doing. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Whosoever compels thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. Prayer From all unkind thoughts and uncharitable judgments, from all intemperate speech and behavior, from coldness of heart and a frigid service, good Lord, deliver us. For thy name's sake, amen. End of section 11.